today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's a, well, interesting twist on things. Baseball season is about to get underway, but so is soccer. And I mean professional soccer, and I mean right here in Hamilton. And uh, it's a rather interesting twist uh, for those wanting to watch the first ever Canadian Premier League match that's going to be played at Tim Horton Field. You don't have to pay for tickets. Anthony Archioli, News and Sports Anchor and Global News Radio 900 CHML, is with us here in studio. You were there uh, to, for the media conference about this. Uh, I want uh, so many questions I got about this thing, uh, about the team itself. But let's talk about opening day, first of all, and what they're planning on doing. I thought you were you wanted me in here to talk about SNC Lavalin, but okay, we, we well, can we'll get we can, to that. Yeah, we can talk because uh, <laughs> every conversation eventually goes there anyway. That's what it? I thought I was here for. I got notes and everything, but um, yeah, the opening day. You know, it's interesting. It's it's it. I think it surprised a lot of people. You know, you're offering free tickets to the first ever match in Canadian Premier League history, and I, I think at first look it can be viewed as um, maybe devaluing a product. But I think the more I've thought about it personally, the more I talk to people, I think the initial reaction from a lot of people was that what, what, how do you devalue something that much, especially a game where if they were going to sell out a game this year, would have been that home opener. You and, think? And the talk was that they had already sold upwards around 5,000 tickets. That stadium, the way it's being um, set up for soccer is that the capacity is 10,000. So they're, they're blocking off the upper bowl for the regular games. So they decided, and I think the point I'm making is if they already sold 5,000 tickets, there's probably a good chance they would have sold out the 10,000, at least get close to it. So it's not a desperation move, and that's what I think had people scratching their heads. But, um, you know, this is what they decided to do is open up the second level, so they're going to make it, you know, a full 24 and change. Plus they're adding standing room seats to the concourse areas and the outs in the end zones uh, there. So what they're looking to do is they want to set a record at Tim Hortons Field for the largest attendance for a sporting event, which the Ticats own that record now, obviously, and I believe it's 24,500 or something right now is the record. So they want to get to 25, and they want to do it by opening up the end zone. So that, it, that's they the sell goal here. Remember the friendly that they had here, the Canadian women's team yeah, as, I was against at that, the UK? Yeah, I went to that I, game. I was there. Against uh, Germany. Was it Germany? Yeah, it was okay. Germany. Yeah, yeah, it was close to. Yeah, it was it was close to being full. Yeah, it was. So, 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 so th- there's a there's an audience here. It's here. Uh, yeah. So that's why it was such a curious move. But I think the more you look at it, is they're going to be able to fill it now. Um, they will likely fill it with the the, the free tickets, and also you know the aspect. The, the reality is a lot of people probably aren't going to check a game out just because if they're not really big soccer fans. They might not care about it. They might catch it on, you know, whatever broadcasting device is going to be. They're still talking about how the game's going to be broadcasted. But, uh, and I think this is a thing where people are going to, okay, it's free. Let me check it out. And maybe they get some return business. And the other side of this, too, is you're not just handed a free ticket and you're not just showing up and being able to walk right in. They say you have to enter a contest to get the tickets. Well, it's not really a contest. You go on their website, put in your name, put in your email address, your information. And you essentially get an email saying this is how you claim your ticket. But what you're also, what they're getting is they're getting people's names and email addresses and contact information. And there's an extension of of marketing. So that first game is exclusively a marketing thing. And they're hoping that from there there's some momentum and they'll be able to, to succeed. 
because I, I got that same feedback from some people too, and they, they are, you mentioned that too when you got back from the media conference the other day, and that yeah, you know, they couldn't sell the uranium, so they're going to just give stuff away. And I said, no, no, no. I said this is this is sampling. Uh, this is mm-hmm. this is the same thing as you know when they give away food at Costco. Yeah, you know, uh, they want you to try it and like it, and then you go buy some. And yeah. the same thing here. You go to the game on us. And and you'll like it so much that you'll want to get tickets for the next game, the next game, and the next game. I think I think it's a genius move. Yeah, really, I think it's a good. Idea. I didn't I didn't like it at first, and the more I thought about, it, I said, okay, that that makes sense. They're going to take a bit of a hit financially, obviously, but it's it's a long term game here. Well, but this is Bob Young, and if, mm-hmm. if Bob's shown us anything over the years as the caretaker of the Tiger Cats, and now for the the soccer club here, uh, he doesn't mind taking a financial hit for the long term. Yeah, and I, I understand that they've been working on this. I'm sure, I'm sure he does mind, but I mean, well, he does it right. anyway. Well, I, I've been, and I, I talked to someone that was part of, they're kind of part of the, you know, when Forge came into being, they hired a lot of, not hired, but they, they put together a lot of focus-type groups Um I, a lot of people probably heard of the Barton um, Barton Battalion, yeah. which is the you know the core club supporter group that's gonna, that's a part of things. I know like they're playing a role in this, and I know there's been a lot of consultation with a lot of soccer people around the city. This isn't just a whim. Uh, from what I understand, they've been working on this free game for a couple of months now. Meaning they had to clear it with the league. They probably did some kind of consultation with you know the financials and what and this is what they came up with so i mean it's not a desperation move it's a very calculated decision that that was made they have uh, been doing their homework on this I, I know you probably talked to matt affinack when you were down there the other day of course from the tiger cats and and of course they're you know dual roles here and i know scott mitchell i've talked to scott a number of times about this uh, and he has really done some research about this, and, and this is this is not just a, a half-hearted attempt to hell yeah, yeah we should get a soccer team in here. I mean these guys are going full bore into this, uh, and and I'm I'm really excited to see the kind of marketing they're going to put forward here. Yeah, and not only that, I mean the league has been a long time coming. I mean, Bob yeah. Young's been talking about this soccer league for years now. The fact that we have a country this size with this much this many people. Um, with you know the economy, you know, uh, not to slag any other countries, but you know, Honduras has a has had a fairly competitive soccer team over the years, and uh, Iceland and these countries with few people, few resources, not as much money as Canada. For whatever reason, we haven't been able to compete on that stage, and we're also a country that has a lot of immigrants coming in, a lot of soccer fans that move here, and it just hasn't translated to that kind of success. And I think it just came down to. We need more of a uh, more resources, more leagues in the city. We have all these. We have a lot of young people playing soccer, and we have a lot of good young soccer players. The issue has always been there's a gap. What do they do? They're good. Now where do they go? Do they get a scholarship? Some of them are lucky and might get to go to an academy in Europe, but there was nothing in between their rep and then maybe university and college. So this having our own pro league ups the competition, the development, you're playing against better players, um, you're playing with better coaches, and uh, you're playing in bigger competition. So now this is a chance to develop our Canadian game, and that's that's the sole purpose of this league. I know people, well, it's not MLS, it's not, but it's not supposed to be. It's, it's not the purpose of the league. And the talent's here. I want to talk about the local element of this and, and the local content on this, too, because I, we have seen talented players in the past uh, that have come up through high school systems or whatever here. Uh, the, the, uh, three Benham brothers, uh, Ian and, and his, his brothers, uh, all great soccer players. They had to get, they got scholarships down in the States, but yeah. you're right. Where did they go after that? Yeah, and, and getting a scholarship, playing university soccer, it's, a, it's an amazing accomplishment to get a scholarship of any kind for athletics, but it's not the same as 
you know, what the European type system has set up where they sign you when you're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and they bring you up through that. They have different tiers of academy and minor teams and they, they, they scoop you up and they develop you. They make sure that you're ready to play on the international stage. And so, yeah, it's great. We have players, a lot, a lot of Canadian players that get scholarships and play in the U.S., but university NCAA soccer is not the same as playing for, you know, the Barcelona Youth Academy or, or the Juventus Youth Academy. Okay, so who are we going to see on the pitch? Who's, who's, who's on this team? Well, so they, they've what they've done, um, head coach Bobby Smyrniotis, who's still in the process of building his team, as you'd imagine, a lot of Canadian content. There are rules, which I'm sure we'll get into in terms of Canadian content. Um, so he is, created the... Sorry, uh, no, I was going to ask you, is this like the CFL where there, uh, there's yeah, a ratio? there's ratio rules. So you, your entire roster, you need more than, better than 50%. So 50% plus one have to be uh, Canadian. Um, and you also, on the pitch, so when you have your starting 11, six have to be Canadian. There's also rules, again, they really want to develop young talent. It's really a goal of this league. So there's a rule in place, which is unique. Um, of your Canadian players, three of them have to be Canadian. Sorry. Of your Canadian players, three have to be under 21. And those three players in total have to play at least 1,000 minutes in a season. So the three players combined, the Canadian players under 21, have to play at least 1,000 minutes. So you're forced. Coaches will tell you that's what they were going to do anyway because they're invested in developing the game as well here. Uh, but they're literally forced to play young Canadian players um, every game. So that ratio is going to be in play. Yeah. And it's not unlike, as you say, the CFL, where, where you know you have to have that ratio, but there's also playing time and who can play on what position, things of this nature. Yeah, and there's also foreign, there's a foreign player rule. I believe it's six or seven. Um, you're only allowed six or seven foreign players. So uh, Forge FC already has, uh, you know, they have a, a Swedish midfielder. They have a um, couple of African players. So they've already dipped into that foreign pool, but there are limits on, on how far you can reach. But those foreign players uh, under that category, they could be people that are living here. They're just this, it's their ancestry. Yeah, it's a citizenship thing. So right. So if if yeah, I mean, if your parents are African and you you are a Canadian citizen, yeah, and, you're Canadian. You got somebody who's going to McMaster University or something from another right. part of the world. Yeah, we're talking. They, they the, wouldn't qualify as a Canadian. No. Well, yeah, no, because the the player the, the foreigners that they brought in um, are players that. You know, grew up playing in the Swedish league, for example, the the, the midfielder, um, and he's Swedish, and they had to. It's a whole, you know, the visas and all yeah, that stuff to bring yeah. them over, and he's here now, and he, he's part of the team. But yeah, there's restrictions on how many, how far you can reach to to get your talent. All right, you, you mentioned earlier, but you know the the problems that they've had developing teams and leagues, for that matter, in the past, and and uh, well, well before your time, I can remember the Hamilton Steelers uh, used to play Brian Timmis Field right beside uh, Ivor Wynn back in those days, Mario de Bartolomeo. I uh, was the guy that owned that team for years, and and they brought some imports in too. It was fun to watch and great. Uh, the, I think the league kind of went belly up. It wasn't so much this team here because I think they had some support. But has the success of Toronto FC kind of ignited the fire now uh, for soccer fans? Because I mean, the, we've always had soccer fans in this country. They just don't seem to want to go to the games now. They seem to be changing their minds. Yeah, I, you know, Toronto FC. The interesting thing with MLS is and what they did, and they spent a lot of money, especially. In the earlier stages of getting really big name soccer player, you know Beckham was obviously the most yeah. notable, who barely played. I mean, realistically, but it didn't matter. I mean, whatever they spent on him, they got their money's worth because of the attention they got in LA with Beckham, and then with Toronto FC and Jovinko, and obviously they had a lot of support before that too. But MLS, you know, 
you know that you're going to an MLS match, and it's not the Premier League, you know, it's not Serie A, but we have players that play internationally, that play for their country, and the quality is high. What I think people are going to have to just come to terms with is that, you know, we're, we're, the talent here is going to be good. Of course it's not Major League Soccer. No, no one's pretending that it is. It just comes down to the fact that you say th- this. We actually have a high quality um, league in our city. We have our own team, and these are players that you know they played on the Canada, you know, the Canadian national team. Most of them, actually, right now, if you look at the roster, have in some way, whether it's the under nineteen, under twenty one, have played internationally for Canada. I mean, the, the goalkeeper Roberts for Canada, he scored a goal. A goalkeeper from it was <laughs> it, the highlights been making its rounds, but he scored from midfield as a goalkeeper in a, in a World Cup qualifier at the under twenty one against England. So these aren't just guys that are playing soccer. I mean, this is top tier talent that we have locally and that uh, is available to us right down the street. Well, and it's not even a matter of managing expectations. It's just it's it's soccer. If you like the sports, you're going to like them being played here. Yeah, and I we, you mentioned the women's match. I mean, there were a lot of people and a lot of people from outside of Hamilton. There was a lot of Oakville minor soccer teams that came in and you know, the other thing is too is Toronto FC is not that accessible. I mean, it's tough to get tickets. It's not easy going down to the to BMO Field. I mean, it's difficult going to Toronto as it is, but getting down to the field is not the easiest. It's not that accessible. It's easier for a lot of you know, the, even not just Hamilton. I mean, the surrounding Hamilton area. There's a team that's more accessible to them, and that could bring bring people here the way it did that women's match. I understand that they they actually have started off with a pretty solid season ticket base already. Yeah, they're they. I last numbers I read was they were up over um it between season tickets i mean there's so they have um a, a system in place it's you can be a uh co a co-founder is what they call yeah, it and yeah. essentially you become you know you become like an initial founder of the league by getting these season tickets the, the last number i saw was up over 4000 um and for a 10000 seat that's stadium, pretty impressive and it's early you know it's yeah. still still early so if they can between that and their flex they have a lot of ticket oh, sure. give you know flex but not giveaways but with flex packs and a lot of promotions and stuff um i think for the first year anyway i, I think the question is what happens beyond this first season uh, which and we haven't touched on it, but the 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 format's going to take some getting used to because it's not one season; it's two seasons this year. They split. It, it's it's what they do in Mexico. Um, there's a spring season and a summer season. They're literally split into two separate seasons: ten games, eighteen games on the tail end, and the winner of each season will play in the championship. So the, the whoever finishes first in spring will play the first place team from the summer, and they'll play in the championship game. So. Some things for fans to get used to. It'll be a little different. Yeah, but they do that in minor league baseball. I think it's triple A ball, isn't mm. it? Where yeah, they actually, they split it's two it. seasons. Yeah, and I think part there's of that's a, there's a break in between. Well, it's it's a way f- to keep fans engaged. Okay, so if the first half didn't go well, we got a literally a brand new season now. We can still we have still have a chance to finish first and go to the championship in the second half. Uh, very quickly, because we're just about out of time. If they want to go for the uh, the the free tickets, uh, they have to go online. It's yeah. I I haven't checked it out myself, but I believe it's on the Forge website now. It's literally like a name, email address, and uh, you're off. And the first game, April twenty seventh, uh, the nine oh five Derby, as they're calling it, against <laughs> York Nine. So York Nine and Forge FC on April twenty seventh should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks so much, Rich. Anthony Ricciolli from CHML Sports. The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on nine hundred CHML.